Hi, I'm Mark Chavez. I'm one of the hosts of Let's Make a, a comedy docuseries podcast about the creative process. Each season, my co-hosts, Ryan Beal, Maddie Kelly, and I, take on an artistic challenge and you follow our journey. In Let's Make a Sci-Fi, we wrote a science fiction TV pilot. In Let's Make a Rom-Com, we wrote a romantic comedy film. And on our latest season, Let's Make a Horror, we produced a horror short film. And when we run into trouble, we interview Hollywood experts. People who have worked on big things like The Blair Witch Project, The Office, Star Wars, Mamma Mia, and more. All three seasons of Let's Make a are available now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This podcast is an extended version of The Debaters, which may contain more mature themes. To stream the radio-friendly version of this episode, download the CBC Listen app or go to cbc.ca slash the debaters. And thanks for listening to the CBC. Hey, Canada. We're here with our points and counterpoints from the Centerpoint Theater in Ottawa. It's the debaters! The debaters where comedians fight with facts and funny, and this audience picks the winner. Now here's a man who always makes his point, Steve Patterson. Hey! Thanks, Graham! Hello, Canada! Welcome back to the debaters. Always great to be in the bosom of Ottawa. A town that is definitely on the map. Speaking of which, your city is home to a really cool store that sells all kinds of maps called World of Maps. Yep. As well as having maps from all over the world, you can print your own custom maps. They even have maps for flat earthers, which must encourage them because they're, they're flat. Personally, I would like to print out a map that'll give flat earthers really clear directions to reality. What are they so afraid of? The only thing to sphere is sphere itself. <laughs> now, it's time to meet two debaters who will chart their own course. This comic wonders if Canadian Forces artillery gunners celebrate Thanksgiving. It's Ottawa's own Jen Grant! <laughs> Jen Grant! There's Jen! She looks ready. She's festive. All sweatered up. Hi, Steve. Hi, Jen Grant. And this comic opened a bank account in the Arctic and had his assets immediately frozen. It's Hisham Kalati! Hisham Kalati! Making his way to my right. Your topic is one that should be kept on the down low. Secret Santa. Is it the best way to exchange gifts? I'll let the debaters hash this one out, of course, but I do have some advice if you are planning a not-so-secret Santa, or as the layman calls it, exchanging gifts. <laughs> if you have a partner, you could spice things up with some Victoria's secret Santa. <laughs> or if you're wondering why you're always single, maybe what you need is Santa's secret deodorant. <laughs> time now for a debate that is here in the St. Nick of time. So. Whereas, when it comes to giving holiday presents, it's budget-friendly, entertaining, and even adds a little bit of mystery. Be it resolved, Secret Santa is the best way to exchange gifts. Jen, you're arguing for this, please. You have two minutes. Starting now, Jen Grant. Yeah. 
Secret Santa is an arrangement where a group exchanges gifts anonymously. What an opportunity to send a passive-aggressive message <laughs> without any repercussions. You could send a jumbo-sized pack of gum to a coworker with bad breath. Give the book How to Win Friends and Influence People to your know-it-all brother-in-law. The Joy of Gluten cookbook to your sister who isn't celiac but still insists on only ever making gluten-free baked goods to every potluck because she's sensitive to wheat. <laughs> but the best part of Secret Santa is that there's a maximum amount that you're allowed to spend, right? I love to be forced to be cheap. <laughs> I would normally splurge, but a rule's a rule, you know? <laughs> the maximum amount is usually $25. Here's a hot tip. Shop way before the holidays to get deals. Jen, did you get Lululemon? Did someone go over the budget? <laughs> the three wise men came bearing gifts on camels, so I thought it was appropriate and festive to get you pants that gave you camel toe. <laughs> Bottom line, Secret Santa makes things interesting. I'm not usually going to buy a present for my sister's ex-husband, but he's there because they're trying to still have a positive family experience. <laughs> well, maybe if you worked harder while you were married, Peter, things would be different. <laughs> Secret Santa is efficient. You only have to buy one gift versus multiple gifts. Less time stressing and more time enjoying the best part of the holidays, eating charcuterie and day drinking. Am I right? Thank you. Jan Grant, everybody. Jan Grant on Secret Santa. Now, to tell us why his hatred for Secret Santa is no secret, let's hear from Hisham Kaladi. I'm Muslim, so I've never had to do a family version of Secret Santa. During Eid al-Fitr, which is Muslim Christmas, we have a different tradition where a long-distance family member that hasn't seen you since Jean Chrétien was prime minister <laughs> will give you a stack of cash as a present, and your mom takes it to keep it safe, <laughs> and then you never see that money again <laughs> until you have your own kids and take their money. <laughs> it's literally a Ponzi scheme, okay? <laughs> My relationship with Secret Santa is exclusively through work because late stage capitalism doesn't suck enough already. To me, Secret Santa is a horrible workplace holiday tradition. Corporate mandated social torture <laughs> that requires no effort on the company's part and actually makes the company save money. Because instead of a bonus or even a friggin' pizza party, <laughs> they just get the office drones to use our own money to buy each other gifts. <laughs> oh. I've been working at my office for four years, and I only know eight names. 
five team members, my manager, one IT, and the Jamaican cafeteria lady. Everybody else is a nickname. Potato hands, Drake's girlfriend, wet cough. <laughs> and now you're gonna make me buy gifts for these freaks? <laughs> Heck no! <laughs> Hisham Kalati is worked up over this. It's time now, debaters, for the bare knuckle round. We're debating if Secret Santa is the best way to swap gifts, so there's no time like the present. <laughs> if you share your gift of humor, hopefully you'll receive laughter. You both have a maximum spend of two minutes <laughs> until we have to wrap this up. So let the exchange begin now. Secret Santa only works if everyone participates equally, but no one ever does. <laughs> Secret Santa is the one social event where rules suddenly don't matter anymore. That and airplanes just sit down until they open the door. not do something because people give bad gifts. With that logic, I'd never go to my family potlucks, okay? <laughs> Aunt Janice doesn't make the best pastry and Uncle Bob makes his own wine, but you bet I fake eat that pie. <laughs> and I pretend sip that rhubarb wine that he calls like rosé, but better. <laughs> not because I like it, because I love them. Who do you love? good use of emotion, I'm gonna use logic. <laughs> no one ever has had an amazing Secret Santa gift. If you try and Google best Secret Santa gifts, it just says no search results. <laughs> I have two questions for you. Where have you worked? <laughs> and are you wet cough? Admit it. <laughs> All right. All right, that's the bare knuckle round. We may have unveiled the secret identity of wet cough. <laughs> it's time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions on secret Santa gifts brought to you by the gift swap of wealthy Wall Street traders, the New York Stocking Exchange. <laughs> so stupid, it's good. One variation of Secret Santa involves having a choice of opening an unwrapped gift from the pile or stealing a previously opened gift from someone else. When your gift is stolen, what's the one thing you're not allowed to do? Jen. Throw the gift in the fireplace? <laughs> <laughs> nope, you're okay to do that. Hisham. Apparently, you're not allowed to rally your bannermen and start a thousand-year-long multi-generational blood feud against the wretched dog that dared to steal my present. Hisham, these are supposed to be one-line answers. <laughs> the answer to the question none of you remember 
When your gift is stolen, what's the one thing you're not allowed to do? You can't steal it back on the same turn. All right? All right. Finish this tagline from the 2003 Jenny Garth movie, Secret Santa. She set out to uncover Santa and discovered what? Hisham. That Santa got super into Joe Rogan during lockdown <laughs> and is now training to be a UFC fighter. And he goes by Chris the Cookie Crumbler Kringle. Put a lot of thought into that. From the 2003 Jenny Garth movie, Secret Santa, she set out to uncover Santa and discovered the best gift to open is your heart. <laughs> Three people just puked. <laughs> According to GermanyInUSA.com, a German version of Secret Santa that involves giving gag gifts is called Schrottwichten which loosely translates into English as what? Jen. This will end up in the ocean. <laughs> Hisham? It loosely translates into English as, go, Sens, go! Go, Sens, go! No, 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 don't encourage him. No, no, that actually didn't fool them. Schrottwichten! <laughs> Loosely translates into English as the exchange of crap. <laughs> and that's the firing line, everybody. It's almost time for our beautiful Centerpoint Theater audience to pick a winner. But first, here again to tell us why Secret Santa should come clean, let's hear again from Hisham Kilati. I, too, have been a victim of Secret Santa. These are the three worst Secret Santa gifts I've ever been given. Number one, December 2010. <laughs> a Russell Peters stand-up comedy DVD, which isn't a bad gift. I actually really love Russell Peters. It just turned out the gift giver thought I would extra enjoy it because I'm Indian. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm black. I worked with the guy for three years, and he thought I was Indian the whole time. Number two, December 2013. An ancestry and me test. Super cool, but completely useless, because I immigrated to this country. I am literally the ancestor. Finally, December 2021, a very thick book on Christianity with a note that said, Jesus loves you. <laughs> it was given to me by the office Karen, who knows I'm Muslim. So I just re-gifted it as is to the Jamaican cafeteria lady <laughs> who loved it so much that she's given me a free lunch every Friday for the last year and a half. In conclusion, thank you, Jesus. Hashtag end Secret Santa forever.
Yeah! Hishab Karabi. Bringing it all around and spreading the good word. Thanks, Hishab. <laughs> now, once again, here to tell us why she loves all the jingle bells and whistles around Secret Santa, let's hear again from Jen Grant. Secrets and Santa go hand in hand. Speaking of which, Hisham, I noticed that when we came out, you had something over there. There's a gift over there by your podium. Well, oh. it's a nice box, probably oh. from Winners. <laughs> oh, is he, he's opening it? Is he allowed to open it right now? Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. This is a small commemorative trophy with second place written on it. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve, I think I saw something for you as well over there, if you want to. Oh, it says from Secret Santa to Steve. Oh, uh, this is what it's money. <laughs> it literally just says the word bribe. What? I wonder who that's from. I'm thinking it's someone who believes in the magic of Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jen Grant. Yeah. Jen Grant, with one of our best arguments ever. <laughs> Audience, it is up to you, Ottawa, to pick a winner by applause after listening to Jen's Secret Santa sermon. How many of you now believe that she's the gifted comic? Jen Grant. <laughs> Yep. Nice support for Jen. And which of you were swayed enough by Hisham's anti-secret Santa soliloquy to where you exchanged your mind? Hisham Kalabi. Yeah. All right. I get it, Ottawa. He's done it. The winner is Hisham Kalabi. No more secret Santa. It is hereby decreed. Big hand for Jen Grant and Hisham Kalabi, everybody. You're listening to The Debaters on CBC Radio 1. Want to be a part of the debating action? For upcoming tour dates, visit cbc.ca slash the debaters. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of the Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at the Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart. And for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready for your next pair of debaters? <laughs> this comic taught his dog to deep sea dive by feeding him scuba snacks. It's Toronto's Arthur Simeon. One of our finest coming out to the stage. Looking confident and ready. Taking his place to my left. And this comic develops a bubbly personality after drinking an entire magnum of champagne. It's Ottawa's Don Kelly. Hometown hero. Two of our best, Don Kelly and Arthur Simeon. Your topic, debaters, is perfect for this city. Parliament Hill. Should every Canadian visit it? 
If you live in Ottawa, you can't help but notice that the Parliament buildings are undergoing an historic renovation, particularly the main parliamentary complex called the Centre Block, which is very exciting for Quebec separatists who've always hoped the Block would finally be at the centre of Canada's <laughs> Parliament. The building will also have new shock absorbers installed in case of a seismic event, like, say, the NDP winning a federal election. <laughs> Or the Green Party getting enough seats in Parliament to fill a Toyota Tercel. <laughs> now, it's time for a debate that takes a backbench to no one. So, whereas it has majestic architecture, rich history, and is where our representatives gather to make laws that affect each of our lives, be it resolved, every Canadian should visit Parliament Hill. Arthur, you're arguing for this. You have two minutes, please. Starting now, Arthur Simeon. Thank you very much. Uh, every single Canadian should visit Parliament Hill, a brilliant symbol of Canadian politics and history. It's also the only other thing Ottawa has going for it outside of the Poutine Festival. <laughs> every single Canadian should go witness the majestic Gothic architecture and lush gardens on stolen land, complete. <laughs> complete with giant statues of the perpetrators, I mean, sorry, the great British leaders. <laughs> its scenic beauty is almost as breathtaking as the bludgeoning it took to build the place. <laughs> this is a true story. An American friend of mine, a, a comedian friend of mine, went to Parliament Hill for a tour and actually met the Prime Minister. That's an opportunity every Canadian deserves, to witness how easily American comedians can get to the leader of their country. <laughs> Parliament Hill actually has, I don't know if you know this, it has 13 beehives representing all the provinces and territories. And to be authentic, the Saskatchewan beehive is empty. And all the honey comes from the Alberta beehive. Um, <laughs> and every Canadian should visit to witness thousands of bees working hard to cater to a lazy queen. <laughs> okay. Every, every Canadian should visit Parliament Hill. But not all at the same time, and especially not in transport trucks. because they make so much noise that the residents and officials can't get their beauty sleep, and therefore they won't be arrested enough to go about making Canada great again. Thank you very much. Arthur Simeon was arguing that everyone should visit Parliament Hill. Thank you, Arthur. Now. Here to tell us why he'll never visit Parliament Hill come hill or high water, it's Ottawa's own Don Kelly. Yeah, the Parliament Hill tour is definitely a once-in-a-lifetime experience in the sense that you'll only want to experience it once in your lifetime. 
Even us politically fixated Ottawa locals find it boring, and we're the ones who hold tailgate parties on budget day. I mean, you don't need to go to Parliament Hill to see Canada's rich, diverse political culture. Just look at this stage right now. We have a rich, progressive white guy from Toronto, <laughs> an African-Canadian from Uganda, I'm First Nations. This debate is basically an NDP convention. <laughs> And there are so many more fun things to do in Ottawa, right, gang? <laughs> Thanks for playing along. <laughs> but, but it's true, like, Ottawa now has a zip line that'll fly you across the Ottawa River from the Ontario side to the Quebec side. It's called the Interprovincial Zip Line. <laughs> or on the Quebec side, it's called the International Zip Line. <laughs> I mean, come on, Arthur, is this argument the hill you really want to die on? Because the only thing you'll die of on Parliament Hill is boredom. Thank you, Ottawa. John Kelly. With some pretty serious doubts about Parliament Hill. Time now for the bare knuckle round. We're debating whether every Canadian should visit Parliament Hill. So I'll be Trudeau to my word and say that a liberal dose of hilarious jokes will bring the house down and have the audience NDPing their pants. <laughs> you both ought to want to win, so unify a confederation of fact and funny that'll peace tower over your opponent. Time to go pro-rogue now. I mean, see, the Parliament is under construction. I don't agree with anything Pierre Polyev says, except when he says Parliament's broken. It really is. They're actually, it's, uh, what kind of tour is that? It's all just construction machinery. I find that a little bit untrue because there's nothing more Canadian than working on your house for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel Parliament is just being Canadian by just being on, in construction forever. <laughs> And honestly, I think there's so much to see in Parliament. It's always exciting when you go there. Don't you think so? Uh, sure. The only thing I can say is that the Parliament Hill tour is, combines all the fun of Canada's legislative process with the excitement of possibly seeing a big name like the, the Parliamentary Secretary for Agriculture and Agri-Food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you really been to Parliament Hill, Arthur? Do you know what you're talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been... I've been. <laughs> I've been there, like I went to the, there's a, there's a Chili's on the second floor, a beaver tail stand, I think, around, and when you go downstairs, I think there's bathrooms, which also double as the Green Party caucus office. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right, all right, that's the fair knuckle round, everybody. Time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions on visiting Parliament Hill, brought to you by the official breath freshener of Canadian politics, Parliaments. Mm. Parliaments, for the person who talks from both sides of their mouth. <laughs> on the Parliament of Canada website, which is a real banger, <laughs> you can reserve tickets for tours of the House of Commons, the East Block, the Centre Block, and what else? Don Kelly. Sir John A. Macdonald's secret gin cellar. <laughs> Spoiler, it's empty. 
<laughs> Arthur. A reservation to any Swiss chalet in Canada. <laughs> Not bad. You can reserve uh, tours of the Senate, which is so cool. It's just a bunch of empty seats. According to Ottawa Tourism's list of must-see sites, the top things to do in Ottawa include visit Parliament Hill, experience the Rideau Canal, and what? Arthur? Leave Ottawa. <laughs> Number three is leave. All right. All right. I'll give three points for that. Don Kelly. Go to the market and ask strangers where you can score some beaver tail. The answer is browse the Byward Market, so that's half an official point. <laughs> According to the visitor guidelines on the Parliament of Canada website, what are visitors required to remove in order to sit in on debates in session? Arthur? Any hope for rational, productive conversation? <laughs> wow! Who's that? Four points! A four-point answer for Arthur Simeon. He's back in it. Don Kelly. They're F. Trudeau flags. <laughs> Three points for that. The actual answer is, they're hats, not counting religious head coverings. And that's the firing line, everybody. We're so close. It's almost time for our beautiful Centerpoint Theatre audience to pick a winner. But first, here to tell us why a visit to Parliament Hill always gets his vote. Let's hear again from Arthur Simeon. Ottawa is a place where hope, fun, and policy go to die. <laughs> but, but if you visit Parliament Hill on July 1st, you might be catfished into thinking Ottawa is the most happening city in Canada. <laughs> Yeah. Coming to Ottawa and not visiting Parliament Hill is like going to Niagara Falls and not visiting the falls, or going to Vanier and not going to the giant tiger. Like, <laughs> you gotta take in the classics. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, and if you want to argue that it's a truly boring, pointless excursion, then as an immigrant who has done it, I want the rest of the country to waste a day of their lives as well. Thank you very much. Arthur Simeon. Arthur Simeon on why you should visit Parliament Hill and a rare shout out for the giant tiger in Vanier. <laughs> Thank you, Arthur. Now, here to tell us why when it comes to visiting Parliament, he's over the hill. Let's hear again from Ottawa's Don Kelly. The Parliament Hill tour, like Parliament, is dull. Maybe you'll see the fireworks in question period, but hey, you want to see old white guys yelling at each other? Go to the bar when the Leafs and the Senators are playing. <laughs> Save the Parliament Hill tour for a truly historic day when you can celebrate, for example, the day when we have our first indigenous prime minister. That will be a day worth hitting the hill because it'll be a major step towards reconciliation. Now, you don't believe me? 
I have on my phone a voicemail with a premier endorsement from our highest-ranking Indigenous politician. Hi, Don. This is Wab Canoe. I want to say that I believe an Indigenous Prime Minister would be a significant step on the road to reconciliation, an important moment for the entire country. But I'm actually calling about the money you owe me. It's been a while now, and to my thinking, there's been plenty of time to make the necessary. Anywho, there is no need to visit Parliament Hill. Hey, Don, it's Wob again. It's not the money so much as the principle here. We all need to honor our promises and acknowledge our commitment. Anyway, Ottawa, support me, because by supporting me, you can vote for one of your locals, your neighbor, and support me in that if any of you have 20 bucks you can spare a brother, hit me up after the show. Thank you, Ottawa. Don Kelly, ladies and gentlemen, on why he's over the hill <laughs> with a nice assist there by the Premier of Manitoba. Yeah. Audience, it's up to you to pick a winner. By applause, who agrees with Arthur that it's worth moving heaven and hell to visit Parliament Hill? Arthur Simeon. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, love. A lot of love for Arthur and Parliament Hill. And who was impressed by how Don was so in contempt of Parliament Hill? Don Kelly. It's pretty close, but I have to give this one to Arthur Simeon. Everyone should visit Parliament Hill. Big hand for Arthur Simeon and Don Kelly, everybody. Well, that's all for this week. I'm Steve Patterson saying, all jokes aside, Parliament Hill really is worth visiting at least once in your life, especially if you're a serving Canadian senator. I'll argue with you again soon, Canada. Good night! Debaters is created by Richard Side. This week's episode was produced by Nicole Callender, Chloe Edbrook, Dean Jenkinson, and Graham Clark. With continuity by Graham Clark, Diana Francis, and Gary Jones. Technical production by James Perella and Conrad Hajazi. Story editing by Gary Jones. With special thanks to Katie Ellen Humphreys and David Pride. Executive producer of CBC Radio Comedy is Lee Pitts. And thanks to everyone at the Meridian Theatres in Ottawa. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.